Latitude Podcast with 43 North. I'm Justine Palkowski, the Senior Marketing Manager here at 43 North. And today I am joined by the co-founders of Credit Academy who just moved to Buffalo to join our Y9 cohort. So welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for having us. So why don't you just start off by introducing yourselves and telling our listeners who you are and a little bit about your company. Yeah, for sure. So Evan Leapart, founder and CEO of Credit Academy, uh, made the trek from Miami. He's in Miami 20 years. Um, got a jacket. Happy to be here. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this is exciting. Mike Gross, COO, head of education, um, coming up from Philadelphia. Again, super excited to be here. Also really excited to be back in the same city with my best friend. Oh, that's same. exciting. So you guys were apart for a little while? We've been apart for as long as each of us has been in Philadelphia or Miami. So it's going on 18, 19 oh, years now. Um, we were still talking every day just on the phone, and now we can do it across the office, which is a lot nicer. Oh, that's incredible. So tell us your backstory then. How did you meet and how did the company get started? Yeah, so we were 12 years old. <laughs> uh, that's not when the company started. Back. Yeah, but uh, we, we've known each other since middle school. And, uh, you know, once like high, friends in middle school, high school were inseparable. Anybody that grew up with this in Columbia, Maryland would tell you this. Um, and, you know, we both went to college in different locations. I went to FIU in Miami, went to, to uh, Drexel in Philly and um, just always stayed friends. And it was funny because I think it was around 2018 that I had founded the first part of our journey, which was Kitty Credit. And we had this conversation one day where I was like, man, I'm not really like I've always had this idea. I've wanted to teach about credit because it stemmed from a personal challenge I had. But I was like, do I have any experience really teaching kids about financial literacy? So just in one of our friendly conversations, kind of glanced over the topic. And he was like, you know, I've been doing that my whole adult life. And, you know, it's like with your friends, you spend so much time talking about everything besides what we do for work. I was like, oh, yeah, you do. You know what I mean? Not not like ignore him. He would say I was ignoring. But, I wasn't. <laughs> but it was just it didn't, uh, it didn't really connect. But like, you know, so very early on in the journey, Mike's, you know, joined the team and been inseparable ever since, once again. That's excellent. So you touched a little bit, Evan, on your experience with credit yourself. So but can you give us the big picture of exactly what was it that um, caused you to found the company and yeah. specifically focus on credit and education? Yeah. For youth? So I've, I've always been an entrepreneur, right? I was the kid with the lemonade stands, uh, built a computer from scratch so I could burn CDs and sell them to my friends. So this is my ninth company. It's my first tech startup. But for anything prior, whenever I would try to get a loan or line of credit, I was unable to because I made horrible decisions with credit early on, right? I was that kid, got a card when I turned 18, maxed it out and just spent my whole 20s kind of paying for mm -hmm. it. And when I started to look at it, I realized that, you know, 95% of that is it's just, you know, being irresponsible. But there was a portion of it that I didn't really understand anything about this concept until after the fact. So just... The whole founder, well, what if this was around or, you know, mm -hmm. you, you look well, for problems. Usually you usually don't talk about solution. compounding interest in high school. So it's no. not completely your fault. No, you're, you're talking about cursive and like yes. other things that we don't use. Um, so I was like, what if there was a way to talk about this proactively? And that was the whole concept behind what our first product was, was Kitty Credit, which essentially was to start even earlier, knowing that habits are formed between the ages of you know seven to nine years old. Um, and just doing it through chores. So you miss a chore. It's like a missed payment, et cetera. Um, so that's really just what it stemmed from. And it stayed in my head for many years. I was not a person that knew how to build apps or anything. So it was always like this far-fetched type of concept. 
Um, but yeah, things started becoming reality around like 2017, 2018. Is that when you joined the company, Mike? Yeah, early on. So the thing for me has always been, there's a bunch of stuff you wish somebody would have told you and your life would look completely different if someone would have told you these things in advance. So that's how we've approached our existence. Um, I, I call myself a glorified camp counselor. Like I've just been creating programs and trying to instill in the next generation all the stuff I wish somebody would have told me. We just try to put somebody else on game. So the idea that credit is one of the most important ways and aspects of your financial future is really essential. Honestly, in many ways, more than some of the other aspects that are much more highly emphasized. So if you can get it from an early age, then it's really that much more valuable to you. So that's that's kind of what we've been doing ever since. Evan has been our face. I have been the guy behind the scenes just trying to make sure that we're actually doing what we intend. I really want to make sure that you walk away knowing how credit works, knowing how you're impacted by it and what you can do to be successful in your own future. I love that. I have spent my whole adult life trying to understand credit and finances. And we are so lucky that now we have the internet and podcasts and books and resources that, you know, maybe other generations didn't have. And I obviously downloaded Kitty Credit and I can't wait until my daughter is a little bit older and we can actually start <laughs> implementing it. So can you just walk our listeners through, especially for those that maybe aren't watching on YouTube and can't see things um, right now, explain exactly what Kitty Credit is. And then you can talk about Credit Academy as well, but just, you know, in layman's terms so they can visualize it in their head. Yeah, sure. Mike, you want to take that one? I gotcha. ramble all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, Kitty Credit is a simulated credit environment. It's an activity management tool. You can think of it like a chore tracker, but for any of the activities that you have to do at home, at school, in your after school program with your camps or any other organization that wants to support, they can now add these chores or activities onto a family's chore board. Those chores, those activities are then like the payments on your credit card. If you miss a payment, it's like you missed this activity or you missed this chore. You didn't make your bed this morning. The longer you've been doing an activity, it's like the longer you've had an account on your credit report. So we created this system where we're modeling the FICO score, but around things that you already do on a daily basis. So if I can help you understand how this works then you are much more likely to not make some of the same mistakes that we did growing up. Honestly, I could care less if a seven-year-old knows that FICO is the Fair Isaacs Corporation, but I do want you to understand the responsibility, the consistency, the trustworthiness, the reliability. If you can start building those habits early, those are the things that are going to stay with you for the long term. So if you look at Kitty Credit as an app, what it really is for a child is this is my way to get new rewards. I don't really care about learning about credit. My parents want me to do stuff. I want stuff. If I do this stuff, I will earn rewards. If I earn rewards, then I'm happy. If they get the stuff done, then they're happy. So for a parent, what it is, is an activity or a household management tool. This is a way to get my kids to do things without having to constantly nag them to do it. You know that if you want to be able to buy a next pair of Jordans, buy your PS5, you're going to have to work for it. And in order to work for it, these are the things that we have determined that you need to do. So we have an internal currency. It's called Bamboo Bucks. A parent is going to say this much money or this thing, whether it is an allowance, whether it is TV time, whether it is staying up later, whether it is buying a PS5. Any of those things can be rewards within the app. A parent is going to set those up first and say, these are the activities that you can do every time you complete an activity it gives you more bamboo bucks. 
You're consistently doing this. I am consistently reinforcing positively. You do these things, you earn these things. So in a nutshell, that's really what it is. It's a a glorified chore tracker that really helps you understand how credit works from a much younger age. That's excellent. And correct me if I'm wrong, the parent can do this from their own phone or when the child's older and maybe has their own phone, they can also do it from their phone, correct? Yep, yep. So the way it works is either... I mean, some households, you don't get uh, cell phones early. You don't get electronics. I had to buy my own. Yeah, right. I got mine probably around high school. Um, So prior to It's a little different now, I think. I had my brick. It was a beautiful thing. Um, But simply enough, a parent can either set this all up on their phone. There is a parent mode and a child mode. The big thing that we got to make sure, um, I know all kids are trustworthy, but there is the, the tendency or the possibility that you could just go in and approve your own chores. So we lock it on the parent side so only the parent can get in on that side. And the child side is a different interface. It looks a little bit different. But what they can really do is say, yes, I did this. And then the parent just sends an alert that now says, OK, they did it. I check it. Yes, you did do it. I approve it. You now receive your reward. So it's either uh, all done through a parent's phone or tablet. Or it's done in tandem with both a child and a parent's device. I, I really like that because I like that, you know, maybe the parent can manage everything for the, you know, for the first few years or so. And then when the child gets older, it's like, okay, now you're gonna start taking on some of the responsibility by yourself. You have to track the chores yourself, you have to mark them completed yourself, and so on and so forth. Yep, um, and then Evan, do you want to talk a little bit about Credit Academy? Yeah. So we we realized as we talked to the families using the app, brands we work with is Kids are going to outgrow this and where do we take them from there, right? And we've always thought about that as a company is, are we building this to be a handoff to other organizations or financial institutions? And we realize we can take this on ourselves. It's something we always wanted to do. Um, so Credit Academy takes that same type of educational approach and layers on a true credit card, right? So we're building the world's first credit card for the next generation that places an emphasis on education over spend. So uh, the end-to-end design, right, for the because we, we white label it for brands. Um, essentially, any organization that's looking to launch this card from end to end, white label the product form, it's a secured card, right? So when I had to reestablish my credit, I had to get a secured card. And basically what that means is I had to put my own money up to establish my credit line, right? Um, we wanted to implement that in here because we wanted to make sure that it was safe, right? Mm-hmm. So now those funds are put into a high yield savings account in our instance, which is different from how it's traditionally been, right? Like you just put this money to reestablish your credit, you close that account, you're just getting the money back. The financial institution has reaped all the benefits of interest you've carried over the years, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we want to be able to help the user build savings and credit simultaneously. But then also when you think about how credit cards are now, we use our cards so we can accumulate reward points, right? And we're only accumulating those typically based on where we're spending. So we wanted to take that same type of concept that we've had in Kitty Credit and just like focusing on behavioral change and rewarding users based on what they learn too, right? So they can go through a learning journey and they don't only have to just get points from shopping at the supermarket, but they can learn about credit today. They can learn about investing today, savings, an array of different topics. Um, you know, ultimately what we want to build out is a world where folks can get credit based on what they've learned. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you think about how we're issuing credit nowadays, it's based on your previous credit score or transaction history. But what if somebody could say, hey, I don't have any of that yet, but I really understand how this concept of credit works. Now we can issue an unsecured credit line. So that's that's our big dream. 
That's incredible. And what is the, for your users, what's the age range? Are, do they have to be 18? Is it under 18? 13 plus. So if you are under 18, you're an authorized user. If you're over 18, then you can go through the experience on your own. That's wonderful. I think my favorite part of everything that you said, aside from the education, is the high yield savings account, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I think kids are ingrained. My daughter has four piggy banks. It's like Ooh, people, amazing. Give, that's a gift. Like yeah. here's 50 bucks in a piggy bank and, yeah. and nothing's happening. You're not earning that interest yep. on a piggy, and you know, in a piggy bank. So that's excellent. Um, so to to shift a little bit into how you got into Buffalo, can you tell us about how you heard of Forty Three North and what encouraged you to apply? Yeah. So I've known about Forty Three North for a very long time. Um, I think some of the original founders I was inspired by was seeing Squire win a couple years back, um, and you know, just I, I also I'm trying to think who else I've known from there. Who's your landlord? Mm-hmm. Um, so outside of this, I, I, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I co-founded the Black Men Talk Tech Conference and he was one of the folks that pitched. I was like, oh, I remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just speaking to people that have won previously and VCs I know, right? Like it's just always been a program that's been held in high regard. Um, and the amount of prize has went up. <laughs> yes, that's helpful. So, that's helpful too. Um, so that, that um, you know, and this was our second go around from applying, right? So made it far first time, but second time, right? You know, it's just any founder listening, mm-hmm. right? Like don't get discouraged by the no's. You're going to hear way more more no's than yeses. Um, and, you know, I, I think we were, to, you know, quote VCs, which you hear all the time, I think we were too early, mm-hmm. right? In this kind of credit academy vision last year, whereas like this year felt more like a perfect fit. That's excellent. Yeah. And I'm glad that you shared that because a lot of our founders that make it into a cohort spot, they do apply many times. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a, a Latitude episode with Twipes and Al shared that they applied four times before mm-hmm. they finally made it. One year was COVID, so they kind of get a pass for that. But, <laughs> um, you know, they they he talks about how they grew each time and then in hindsight, they're like, okay, that makes sense. Now we got in and we did. So, mm-hmm. but in addition to the million dollar investment, you also won the People's Choice Award um, by from Highmark at 43 North Finals. So um, for those uh, yeah, at home that maybe don't know 43 North, we have our application process for our accelerator program and it culminates in 43 North Finals, which is kind of a Shark Tank style pitch competition mm-hmm. in front of 3,000 people. Um, but in addition to choosing who's going to be in the cohort, we also have this People's Choice Award. So what was that feeling like when when you received that? Because that wasn't just 43 North and our diligence and our investors. That was the people in the Buffalo community saying, we want Credit Academy here. And so it was a it was a mixed bag of emotions. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because <laughs> what I had heard <laughs> was last year, the uh, audience choice did not actually win the million so i was like this is this is amazing <laughs> but if we did we win that and then don't win this i was like i i hope this is not like the madden curse <laughs> no consolation <laughs> prize you know um but no it, was, it meant a lot to be recognized by the community um you know i was i heard the results were were pretty in our favor which was like encouraging too um that was probably my wife and mom sending texts <laughs> out <laughs> but um it was so that meant a lot. And then when they called the names, we were the last name to be called. So we, you know, Mike, we we're just practice your no face. Yeah. Practice your did <laughs> you didn't get it. Be a good sport. Um, and then we got it and it was, you know, it was a lot. But yeah, the the Highmark prize that was really helpful too, because it was just, you know, as we're going through the year, like we're founders. Any bit of money helps, right? So yeah. Man. yeah. yeah. I mean, Absolutely. we call it really high praise. Mm-hmm. Like we really want to be entrenched within this community. 
and for them to immediately wrap their arms around us literally just off of hearing the idea is beautiful um so we we don't take that lightly uh we appreciate and esteem what's been said um and we want to make sure that we live up to expectations so our goal is to ensure that we are like vibrant and supportive members of this community um knowing that there is real need and value for what we have but also that there's real opportunity and to be able to help others change circumstances is what we've always been about. So that's, that's the goal. Well, you're officially here. You're officially part of the Buffalo community. Did you have any, um, you know, what were your thoughts or your feelings when you were applying to 43 North or even when you talked to Squire and they're like, okay, well, if you apply, you have to move to Buffalo. Was that something that excited you? Was it a little bit of a barrier for you? Um, you can be totally honest. You know, it's a big, it's a big decision to move to any city. I think so. Uh, when you say Buffalo, right? Like the first thing everybody's like, oh, it's cold, you know? Yes. And I'm in Miami. Like I'm like, there's the one region that is literally never cold. <laughs> it's, it's, it's South Florida. So there was definitely um, that piece, right? Mm-hmm. But um, what I do know is growing up in Columbia, Maryland, where we grew up and being born in Pittsburgh is how supportive like blue collar communities can be, right? Um and when I started to understand that and we started to do our homework, right, like, you know, our whole why Buffalo, um, while we're super determined to bring jobs to the community, I wanted to make sure that our why was super authentic to what we do. And, you know, I started doing a dive around how M&T Bank is like deeply entrenched in the community and like their $43 billion initiatives. So I was like, oh, the number 43, we can like tie this into our pitch. It was pretty exciting. We did. It was great. That. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we worked on that a lot. <laughs> and um, so now I was like, this really makes good business sense, you know, and being in different locations. I mean, I'm a nomad by nature. So it's like, you know, let's let's just go. Let's mm-hmm. let's, you know, um, try it. And I was excited, too, because I didn't realize how close the city was to Pittsburgh, um, you know, not to dampen the mood. But I had spent a significant amount of time in Pittsburgh like two years ago, taking care of my father before he passed. And, um, but my grandma's still there. My grandma is 93 years old. I have a Go close grandma. cousin there and, and aunt. So I was like, oh, this is only like three hours away. I can yeah. see them more. That's excellent. Um, so then it started to really like ring personal. And then, um, I have to spend more time in Buffalo. So maybe the, the, the power rankings will change, but I really love Toronto as a city. So I was like, yeah, this is like a 90 minute drive. And mm-hmm. so it started to like, you know, as founders, we sell ourselves on things anyway. So it was like, it became an easier sell to where I wasn't, it wasn't an artificial thing. I was like, man, I think we can, we can do this. Yeah. On another note, on a more personal note, it's not just us moving. Like we have families yeah. that we have to bring here too. Um, the dogs go where they are told, like the, <laughs> the kids don't really have much of a choice, but the wives are like, are you serious? <laughs> that's, that's right. So, you know, it's not just the two no, of you no, here, yeah. the families the come too. It's true. Yeah. So, I think from the first um, uh, call that we had, I started prepping the wife like, you know, if we win this, we got to move to Buffalo. I don't think it was real for them until we won. Um, So I said it multiple times over, like after the first call, like, you know, we win this, we're moving to Buffalo. Then it's like we made it to the next round. Like, you know, if we get this, we're moving to Buffalo. Um, and it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And it's like, we're in the finals now. Like, yeah, prepare yourself, mentally prepare. Buy some boots. Um, yeah. Buy some boots. Get you a better coat because it's coming. Um, so it's been an interesting journey uh, just as a family trying to get 
acclimated and understand that we're going to uproot our lives and move to a new locale. Um, there's real reason why we're doing it. We wouldn't do this for uh, a small feat, but this is definitely a great opportunity for all of us. And we are excited to be in Buffalo. Excellent. Well, we're excited to have you. And in 43 North as an organization, we want to immerse you in the Buffalo community. And we're not just going to bring you here, give you some money and throw you out to the wolves. Um, you know, we have had a lot of calls. Like you said, there's all these calls to to set you up to be um, to have the best quality of life while you're here, both as a founder, as a father, as a, a human working out at the gym, you know, whatever you need. So can you talk a little bit and tell people about your experience just acclimating to the community? I know it's literally week one. It is welcome week, um, you know, but you've been here for a little while and whether it's finding day cares or doctors or the gym or anything. Um, can you tell people what your experience applying to 43 North and then getting in and and getting set up in the community has been like for you? Was it a helpful process? Yeah, it felt like uh, I was making a joke the other day. I felt like getting like drafted to the league. You know, you had somebody <laughs> that was in charge of like, you know, speaking to your wife about like healthcare, and you know, in Mike's case, that uh, you know, he can talk to like daycare and like lodging. Like, hey, we'll Facetime you. We'll go see these places for you. Does this work? Um, so it was like just understanding that it felt like a a community of support, and then just understanding like how I mean, it was a lot for us to understand about who's who putting faces mm -hmm. to names and then all of this stuff. And and now we understand it's like for if you're trying to raise money, this is who you go to, oh, you need additional marketing support. You have a, a plethora of folks, you know, that you have amazing person behind the camera who never wants to be mentioned. <laughs> um, and like, it was just all of these things that was really cool. Um, you know, you want to talk to kind of your, your uh, parents? Yeah, no, I think it's been... It's amazing to have people like wrap their arms around you um, and really feel supported. Again, for this to be a dramatic change to for Evan, literally like climate, among many other things, like to know that you're not doing this like haphazardly, like, you know, this is the way to go. These are ways that you're going to be supported. I have had not only the 43 North team. But literally just people in the community be like, however we can help. I'm excited to help. I'm going to let you tell the story about uh, being a Bella Chow because that was another one. Oh, yeah. Um, yes, please do. Amazingly, like as soon as it was announced that we won, there has not been anything that we have needed that someone hasn't been willing or able to provide and provide an abundance, like options of ways to get this done. It's it's really incredible. Um, I'd say both the 43 North team and the, the city of Buffalo have really wrapped their arms around us and, and made us feel at home, even though we've only been here like a week, which is really awesome. That's great. It's only going to get better from here. So did you have a, another experience that happened out in the wild? Yeah. So I think it's 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 a safe to say, too, because by the time you're listening, the outcome will have already been determined. <laughs> um, but I wanted to watch the Steelers-Bills game. Mm -hmm. You know, I was born in Pittsburgh, so I was already a Steelers fan. It's not Dolphins or Patriots or Jets. There's nothing to worry about there, Bills Mafia. Um, so they were like, just come to our house. You can watch the game in our house. It was like, we just met them. And, you know, but but honestly, though, Maybe I wouldn't say it's everybody, but it was like, you guys won 43 North. We know what that is. Like, congratulations. That's a lot of money. Yeah. You know? Um, so it was, uh, but it was very welcoming. And it, it, I think what was important for me to see, especially coming from Miami, which is a growing tech scene. And, you know, I was a very intricate part of that stuff too. Um, I still 
am mind blown at how you all get 3,000 to 4,000 folks to come out for a pitch competition. I'm like, oh, like, obviously somebody's coming to perform after, like, no, it's, this is for us. <laughs> yeah. So, like, just seeing how everybody, like, wraps around uh, us as founders and you as an organization, like, that was even more of a sell. That's yeah. great. That's, sure. you know, and Buffalo gets a bad rap as like an underdog or, you know, people make their comments about the Bills. But every, you see Bills Mafia, they're out there, they're cheering for mm -hmm. their team. And yeah. the community came out and they cheered for you. And Buffalo just loves to see our, yeah. our neighbors win. Yeah. And that's the truth. And and we really do um, go out and celebrate. So I'm glad that you had that experience. Um, so if a founder, you said, you know, you talked to Shearshare, you talked to Squire and some other companies in our portfolio. If a founder was thinking about applying to 43 North, what would you tell them? First, apply <laughs> right the basics um it's a it's a hefty application right like mm -hmm. i you know i do our all of our applications and you can definitely get application fatigue yeah um but like see it through because it's incredibly vetted right so like just getting to if you get to the point of where you're having that like in team meeting right where they're evaluating your business you get to that first meeting second meeting like really understand like that's that's an accomplishment in itself right i, I think you guys are up to if, right there it leads to like a thousand people applying yeah. right and um you do enough to like weed out folks otherwise you'd have tens of thousands of applications right um and um yeah it, you know use the process right like it's it's helped us in terms of additional vc conversations right because you guys are asking the hard questions um, and then I think just be prepared just from a personal level and then a professional level of like what, what, what it could be. Right. Because sometimes it just seems like a long shot, like, oh, like they're only going to pick five, but yeah, what if, Yeah, you know, um, and you know, we're all building legitimate businesses and we're doing it for a reason. Right. So, um, I think just prepare your company, right. Like have those, what if conversations with your team. Um, and then have those what if conversations with your family and then just going back to the basics, apply, you know. Awesome. We're going to make sure we use that for some of our application ads. That was a great <laughs> answer. So right now it's January. It's Welcome Week. You just got here. By the time this episode launches, it's going to be February. February is Black History Month. So I want to talk a little bit about your experience as founders and specifically founding uh, Black Men Talk Tech. Mm -hmm. I know we just sent some some members of our team down there um, to, to meet you in Florida. So how did that all come about? How did you go about founding it? Um, was it just you? Did you have a team? So... Coming into this experience and launching Kitty Credit, right? Um, I realized there was so many things I didn't know at the beginning of the journey. Like I know some of the basics of being an entrepreneur, but like some of the nuances of just, you know, raising capital, uh, venture. I didn't I didn't know these things, right? So I'm I'm asking, like, I didn't know what a safe was, right? Like first time getting an app built, I didn't know what an MVP was. And I realized like the time it took to skill up, I was like, there's a lot of people that look like me that are probably going through these same things, right? Like you, you just kind of absorb things from like conversations that you have and just like the conversations within my like sphere of influence weren't really within this industry, right? So you could just kind of fall into launching a startup if you're in the Bay Area, right? And like around other folks doing these things. We didn't have that in Miami and I just didn't have that with, you know, around folks that look like me. Um, so we knew the the team at Black Women Talk Tech, shout out Black Women Talk mm -hmm. Tech. I think this is year like eight or nine for them now. And um, brought, you know, presented the concept of saying like, hey, like, let's launch this in, in, um, 
in Miami. So, you know, one of the the original uh, founders on the, on the um, on the team had reached out to me to see if this is something I'd want to be a part of. And I was like, absolutely. Right. So we launched in 2018, I think, which was, you know, pre-pandemic, pre-Miami even being a thing. I remember when we launched the app, people were like, hey, if you want to do this, you need to be outside of Miami. And um, yeah, it was just, it was amazing the, like how important it was for folks. I know VCs that were launching fund one like at our first and second years and now have incredibly successful vc funds i know founders that were pitching in that first or second one are now going on to raise series a and b round so it's been it's definitely been helpful for like my personal rolodex like with you know being tethered into the community but i think um like more importantly it's just been cool to see um folks just thriving in the space, right? It's it's intended for founders, technologists, innovators, like investors, um, but just giving them a platform to shine, right? And saying like, you know, underrepresented is definitely a term that's used, but these are more so folks that are just overlooked and incredibly capable and working on some wonderful things. So just giving them a spotlight that like celebrates. That's, that's great. And I think just the history, historical disparities of financial education amongst different populations, especially the black community in, in regular finance. I mean, you just shared your personal story of, mm-hmm. of just not having financial information. And then you talk about founders. So if if everyday people don't have access to financial information and then founders are trying to raise money and, you know, I, I don't have the stat from 2023, but I think it was 2022, less than 1% of venture capital yeah. funds went to black founders. Yep. So so that's incredible. And and then for the two of you to come out on top with, you know, 42 North's investment and the people's choice um, and, you know, still raising capital. I just what you're doing is incredible for the community. And now you're bringing it nationwide. It's not just in Miami or Pittsburgh or Buffalo. You know, this is really a community that is um, coming together all over the place. So thank you for creating that that voice. Um, is that something, though? you know, that you set out to do was to, to help the black community? Or was this just something, you know, from everything that you've done with Credit Academy to Black Men Talk Tech? Was this just a general, I want to help the, the community with access to information that is really hard to find? That's a great question because like at the core of my why, the answer is yes, right? I think about, you think about the wealth gap in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, the two biggest generators of wealth in our country are equity in a business or like ownership in a home. And one of the greatest barriers to that can be your credit score. Absolutely. Right. So then it was with that that I said, well, hey, we need to start talking about the concept earlier. Right. Um, so it's like by design, me wanting to say, hey, how can we address the wealth gap in a real way? Like that led to every single thing that I'm working on now. That's great. Maybe one day it'll lead to like a kitty credit version for founders. Like it's your game for, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, raising venture for the world of VC. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so again, I mentioned it's January. We have a whole year of you being in 43 North's accelerator program. Um, a question for the two of you. What are you looking forward to or what's next for Credit Academy okay, and go. Kitty Credit? Uh, what's next? So the first thing that's going to be happening shortly after the airing of this is going to be the launch of our card. So Credit Academy is still in stealth mode at the moment. It will be launching in uh, hopefully April. The expectation is that we're launching in conjunction with National Financial Literacy Month. And that's really important for us to be able to hit the ground running with some of our amazing partners and allowing them to be able to serve their constituents in an effective way. Um, that's that's probably the biggest thing in the short term. That's exciting. What do you yes. want to um, Hiring. We do intend to make our first official Buffalo hire. Our office is 
big and exciting and we might get a basketball court in there and run a little full court on the mini things. Um, but yeah, like, you know, get some, get some additional blood flowing in there. That's, that's key. And just tapping into the resources, right? Like we're in 43 North's office and we're also in M&T Bank's headquarters. So mm-hmm. like we do plan to go upstairs and ask for some sugar. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So how can people connect with you personally as founders? Are you on LinkedIn? Is email best if people want to reach you and get in touch? Um, Temple, first, last name on Twitter and uh, Instagram, and then LinkedIn, same thing. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn, email. Uh, I'm also Mike Gross online on anything. Excellent. And then what about Credit Academy and Kitty Credit? Where can people go to find out more information? Um, so Kitty Credit's Kitty, K-I-D-D-I-E. Uh, and then credit, K-R-E-D-I-T dot com. And then Credit Academy, same K-R-E-D-I-T. And then Academy, A-C-A-D-E-M-Y dot com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This was such a great conversation. And I look forward to connecting with you guys again um, after the launch and once we're further into your program and have some more news to share. So thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. Thank you.